Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. Roger Bennett is in the on-deck circle. He's got a brand new book out that we shall discuss in due time. First, I would like Roger and all of you to hear my wish list. Raj, nice to see you, by the way. Thank you so much for being here. Smirkanesh, it's amazing to be on your show. Is it? I um, want to wake up. We, and... After what we've just been through with the tech uh, challenges, believe me, I'm like, no one is more overjoyed to look at you and hear you than I am. Well, thank you for that. So l- let me tell you a little bit about myself, okay? Please. I'm fascinated. I want to wake up in the Cotswolds. I want to sleep in a room in the Cotswolds that has an open window. I Do want to then? eat. I want to eat clotted cream and jam on my morning muffin. I might go for a walk on the national trails in my wellies. <laughs> I like listening to all things Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and of course the Beatles from that great city that you abandoned. Sure, I enjoyed House of Cards on American television, Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood, but I loved to play the king, the BBC show on which it's based featuring 
Ian Richardson as Francis Urquhart. You might remember, you might think so, but I couldn't possibly comment. I want to walk through the streets of Kensington, stop at a pub in Chelsea, en route to watching a match at Stamford Bridge. Please give me a stadium filled with people who sit in their seats until halftime instead of constantly getting up to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I enjoy Nelson DeMille novels, but Jeffrey Archer is no slouch, and man, what a personal story he had. Shall I continue? If so, give me, give me the food court at Harrods. Allow me a stroll through Hyde Park, particularly on a Sunday afternoon where I can see real free speech led by men on milk crates. <laughs> Nothing inspires me like a straight-edge shave at Trumper of Mayfair or a martini at Brown's Hotel, perhaps followed by dinner at Langan's. The real man of the 20th century, it wasn't Ronald Reagan. It was Winston Churchill, the best government leader ever. It had to be Hugh Grant in love, actually. Our king lives in Mar-a-Lago. Your queen lives in Buckingham Palace. Press conference, no thank you. I'll take the prime minister's questions anytime. I could go on and on. I haven't yeah, even I, I, mentioned... I've got to say, this is one of the longest reads for the British tourist I, board that I've ever I, heard, but it's very effective. Who is it going to go on a even, vacation? Just to two London more. I Come haven't on. even mentioned, I haven't yeah. even mentioned Harry Potter or Leanne Hainsby. You can have Megan. I will take Kate. Thank you very much. I love that book, Michael. When's that one coming out? Well, you've inspired like, that was like, me. That was, like, that was like listening to your book on tape. I will say, right, reading the Reborn in the USA book on tape was one of the most emotionally exhausting things I've ever done. And then listening to you narrate your own biography to me on this radio show, to which I'm so honoured to be the, the direct recipient of your, your English well, fantasy. Essentially, I love you, but my book, Reborn in the USA, which I wrote as a love letter to the United States of America, was written because I grew up in the America, uh, in the American, uh, in my mind, English and body in the 1980s, when I love your your ideas um, about uh, Britain. But yeah, I grew up in Liverpool, a magnificent city, but a city that was rotting, a city that, you know, the north of England, you've watched Billy Elliot. I know you watch it late at night whenever it's on uh, on HBO 2 After Dark or whatever the hell uh, that network plays it on. And you've seen the coal pit shut down in Newcastle, the steel mills ground to a halt in Sheffield, the cotton mills in Manchester, and Liverpool, this once great port city, in the 1980s, had no reason to be anymore. A bit like Baltimore, but without the crab cake upside. And I was trapped there. Billy Elliot had his ballet dancing, but you know, in the city with no employment, massive unemployment levels, huge heroin epidemic, no hope. You know, I survived by dreaming of America. And I will, I, you know, I, I dreamt of Fantasy Island, the Love Boat, Heart to Heart. I didn't just dream of them; they made me survive. They gave me a sense that life could be lived in Technicolor. When you mentioned the Queen. The one true queen I worship is Tracy Chapman. You know, she's the one that <laughs> saved me. Don Johnson, uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, run DMC. 
These I've are, not convinced the, you. In other words, the, the, in other words, well, Raj, I've not convinced you that you've made a colossal mistake. I, I, all I can say is it's the greatest achievement of my life, as we will discuss, to become an American. And part of the reason, I, I, you know, all every nation has some great parts. You know, every single nation has great cultural nuggets. I don't doubt that. And you hit a couple of them. The, the notion of of the of of, of, of Michael Smirkinish and his wellies in the Cotswolds, the romance. So two quick things. One thing I will say is I've learned releasing this book. You know, thousands of Americans have gotten back to me. It's about the love I have for this nation and the joy I feel. Uh, to be American in all of its wonderful complexities. But, but listen, but thousands, even... of, thousands, thousands of Americans have come back to me and said, I grew up loving the Smiths, wishing I'd lived in Manchester in the 1980s. Right, you If you give an Englishman the choice between his own success and your failure, he'll choose your failure every single time. And that is what holds the nation back. Well, it's funny. I, obviously, I've lived my la- my laundry list that I offered you, and I know that it's very London centric and probably the the tourist experience. But I love your native country. I really do. We we from time to time we'll play a game on the radio. If you couldn't live in the United States, where would you live? And the UK is always at at the top of my list. I want to I want to talk about some of what's in the some of what's in the book. For example, the wisdom Please. of the fat knacker. I particularly liked that you were given this advice. The United States is a place where people chase their own success, lads, as opposed to Britain, where we much prefer to revel in others' failures. I think you were starting down that road a moment ago. Who is the fat knacker, by the way? Oh, God. One of the joys of this book has been to bring characters in my life back to life, people who've passed away. My grandfather, Sam, just an America file for many reasons early on. And then Fat Naka, one of the teachers that I had in a fairly grey gardens private school in Liverpool, where yeah, most of them were sadists who loved to thrash kids. You'd come home bleeding from school and your mother wouldn't be like, oh my God, what happened to you? You are bleeding everywhere. She'd just be like, oh, Roger, you were a naughty boy again, weren't you? And in the midst of this just awful, brutal parochial education, Fat Naka was this young Irish economics teacher who had a summer, one summer spent on the on Cape Cod, which he called the Cod. And it opened up his eyes and he'd come in and he teaches how to free think, how to game the system, how to be independent human beings. And he illuminated my life. He didn't teach economics. He taught life and he'd come in. And I know everybody, I'm sure you did, Michael, had a teacher like this who really knew when to treat you like men and when to treat you like boys. He knew the difference between the two and his lessons. You know, we're, we're Liverpool people. We're dreamers. We look out to see. We sense there's more possibilities. And this man, he passed away uh, about 12 years ago. And I wrote to his widow. It's in the back of the book. And I told her about how he saved me, how he filled my head with dreams about America, how he introduced me to Tracy Chapman, amongst others. And she said, you know, one of the saddest parts of a, uh, of a great man passing is you see how quickly his memory evaporates from the world. And she said, I feel like his is leaving already. And I hope in a small part, Michael, this book, because people really have related to him, I hope it brings his memory and honors it in every single way. I had a similar influence. And I'm, I'm looking at the photograph. You can see my marked up <laughs> copy of your book, my notes. But my uh, my mentor, uh, David Curtis Amadon Jr., who was a professor of mine when I was an undergraduate, happened to look like your guy, the fat knacker. Uh, similarly, by the way, heavy set and influenced me in in the same kind of a way. Jeff Owen, 
is a guy who seems to have really changed your life. Who was Jeff Owen and what was the trajectory on which he, he placed you? Like, so I was in a dark Liverpool world where there was really just greyness and no possibility. My great-grandfather had landed in Liverpool in the early 1900s. He was a butcher from the Ukraine, headed to New York, to Chicago, ultimately, the hog capital of the world. Who wouldn't want to live there? And the myth of our family is that when the boat doctor refueled in Liverpool, saw the one tall building on the Liverpool skyline, said, we're here, we're in New York, everyone off. And so we were stranded in Liverpool and our heart as a family, whenever things were dark, we'd always be like, we should have lived there. We should have lived in America. We always felt we should be in Chicago. So I loved and lived through the Chicago Bears Super Bowl winning team, the Chicago Bulls. I was obsessed with this city, the John Hughes movies that I'd never set foot in. (laughs) And then lo and behold, one day, one summer in the park, one of a friend of a friend, bought a random squat, hairy American kid with his Reebok pumps. He's like, hey, man. I was like, hello, who are you? He goes, I'm Jeff Owen. I'm from Chicago. I'm here in Liverpool for the week. And I wrote to him as a pen pal for an entire year. And at the end of the year, he said to me, why don't you come over, spend the summer here in Chicago in the northern suburbs, the same northern suburbs that John Hughes used as his canvas for Breakfast Club and more. And so... I mean, unbelievably, I'd hardly ever left England before. I flew to Chicago. It was like going to Mars in many ways. But it was also, Michael, as soon as I landed, it also felt so bloody familiar to me from every movie. Every His living room, when I walked into it, it felt like you could shoot a scene of heart to heart there. Just boom. <laughs> it's just I had seen it. I'd lived it all before. And so, you know, I, I came to Chicago and I lived the summer, which you, you've read in the book was very much when, when, when Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out, I didn't find it funny at all. It seemed like a documentary of the time I'd spent there. And that was the summer <laughs> meet, you know, meeting the Chicago Bears as I did. That was the summer I decided I, I was going to live. William Perry, the great fridge of the Chicago Bears, whispered in my ear, live your dreams, kid. Live your dreams. I did and you can too. And it, I, I, I didn't realize you just wanted to get the heck away from a little kid. I, I was, was I was I, I love he that. Was telling me I he was telling me to move. And so I did go on, Michael. I, I love the scene in the book where I guess it's four o'clock in the morning and the and the bears have just uh, <laughs> landed at O'Hare and you're there with your buddy. In fact, there's a great photograph of you meeting the fridge. But my favorite part of that whole exchange before he gives you the advice, live your dreams, be yourself. Everything is possible. I rather enjoyed the exchange with Mike Ditka. Paint the picture. What happened? I'm in Chicago. I'm 15. I'm eating Arby's for the first time. The taste of democracy and freedom. I'm going to the Cubs. I'm stealing beers in the bleachers. We're going to the Art Institute of Chicago. We're at the Sears Tower. Everything is as it should be. And the one thing that was a darkness, because nothing in life is ever perfect, was that the Chicago Bears, my beloved Super Bowl winning Chicago Bears, look at that, still have the hat to hand to this day. Um, They were in England. They were in London playing the Dallas Cowboys in the first ever game in England, the American Bowl. They were where I used to be. I was where they should be. And they were hanging out with the like of Phil Bloody Collins who I hated, and they seemed to be having a bloody good time, and it was really driving me crazy. Who hates Phil Collins? Oh, mate, mate, Phil Collins is a deeply complicated person. I found it when Walter Payton took photos laughing with Phil Collins, it was like Walter Payton was himself just taunting me. Phil Collins, I'm, I'm, team, I'm team, don't get me off, I'm team Peter Gabriel 
in that battle. But there, so, oh, there, I love there. Peter Gabriel too. Come on, the lamb lies yeah, yeah. down on Broadway. It it, it influenced oh, my, my world. You've got a big tent on Genesis uh, arguments, but the. I'm I'm at the airport. I'm watching a broadcast, and the commentator Al Michaels or whoever he goes, and the Bears will turn around right after the game and head back to O'Hare to continue preseason. And I turn around to my host and I said, "We've got to go. We've got to go to O'Hare. We're going to stake out the airport and meet them." And my mother, if it was in English, she would have been like, "Don't be stupid. It's like the middle of the night there. Go to bed." But America, you're all like, yeah, sure, we'll drive out 15, 16-year-olds. We'll drive out to O'Hare International Arrivals. And we waited, and we waited, 4 a.m. The doors slam open. Mike Dick, a vaunted coach, is the first out. In my imagination, he still had that Bears woolly jumper on. He didn't, but in my imagination, he did. And he had a cigar. I ran towards him, and my little camera I'd got from my bar for flashing it in his face. And he kind of stubbed the cigar in my direction. And he goes... Leave these men alone. These men are your heroes. Go to bed. And I just started to flash off the old camera. And he's just like, go to bed. Walked off. And that was it. God, what a beautiful man. What a big hearted man. He loved children. I'm not giving away the end, uh, but it, it is a very positive and uplifting story about, about your, well, it's a love letter. It's uh, reborn in the USA. And it just makes you think about the things that we take for granted in this country. But I have to say, in all sincerity, Roger, I was reading your book thinking, although I'm not changing my citizenship and I don't intend to move, I feel the same way about your native country that you feel about your adopted country where you're now a United States citizen. If, however, you change your mind and perhaps consider all the arguments that I made at the outset of this conversation, please take Harry with you. Uh, you know, you can say that the reality is if you do move there, you can, you know, wherever Piers Morgan sets his domicile is the opposite place that I want to set my tent in. I will say I appreciate I do want to say I've learned through this that it's very common as a young person to dream of an alter ego of you in a different place where people laugh at your jokes, you know, love what you have to say, find you deeply interesting. What I did was actually act upon that and moved here. And I, I'll say this, Michael. Um, the spoiler alert at the end of the book, I do become American. And I wrote this book at a time of COVID in Manhattan, the city that I had painted on my wall as a kid. You know, it was crackling all over the city last March, April, May sports, which I love shut down. So I wrote the book to almost retrace the contours of the love that had brought me to here. And I did become American, you know, June the 1st, 2018. And I say to you and your listeners, when you have stood in that courtroom, in the uh, southern tip of Manhattan with 162 other freshly minted Americans from 42 different countries, and you all swear uh, the oath of allegiance, and then you share stories about America, what brought you to that room, and you speak to people. You know, I just escaped some beatings in Liverpool, some thrashings from my teachers, darkness, hopelessness of 1980s England, but many of them had crawled across deserts, survived famine, conflict, war-torn countries to be there, and you get a sense when you're in that room and anyone can go and watch a citizenship ceremony. You get a sense of America as it can be seen in the world, as it is seen in the world, as a land of courage, of tenacity, of perseverance, of hope, which it gave to all of us. It does give to the world. And that ultimately is a message I hope comes from the book. I understood that scene well. I've had the privilege of, of speaking at a naturalization ceremony, and it's, it's something that everybody really should see. Hey, Roger, uh, kidding aside, great book. Thank you. Thank a lot you. of fun to have you here. Uh, Godspeed to you all, to all your listeners, and uh, courage, America.
And to which I say cheers. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Roger Bennett, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Reborn in the USA. Good stuff. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.